Hello, wonderful human beings of the earth. My name is Heidi. My name is Dana. And this is Fun Times with Dana and Heidi. Dana has prepared us a tweet of the week and it is in Spanish. So she's yes, going to translate it. Yes. Okay. So this is a little bit of our of our RGV culture. You know, everyone knows what this leches cake is. We love mm-hmm. the leches cake. It's honestly my favorite type of cake. And it's mine too. too. Yeah. As an Asian, it's my favorite cake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so good. I don't know. I always have it like for birthdays and stuff. But anyways, um, this comes from at Immaterial Ghost and it's in Spanish and it says tres leches en esta economía, which basically means like, uh like three like three milks like in this economy like using three milk different types of milk for the cake i think it's what regular like condensed milk there's different ones yeah but um i just thought it was funny you know Mm -hmm. i just thought it was funny we can get a little get a little spanish in there we love that because this cake is a very moist cake like it's like dripping (laughs) wet like if you were to pick up this cake there would be like puddles of milk on the bottom so that's why it's called tres leches like three three milks like exactly what dana said so in this economy, we cannot afford to buy three milks for <laughs> one piece of cake. True. Moving on, we have a nice goat story. So have you ever had a personal experience with a goat? Well, at the Sunflower Farm Creamery near Cumberland, Maine, you can do goat yoga, put pajamas on baby goats, and learn about livestock. So it's not just play, you also learn. Coming from Texas, I may not seem like a Texan because I have never had a personal experience with any horse, goat, cow, etc. People think, some outsiders for some reason, think that we ride horses to school and their (laughs) cars don't exist here. That's what they think, right? Yeah. But cars exist. Me and Dana, we drive. So when I stay in my car... I see animals in other people's backyards or fields on the way. Because the thing about Texas is there's tons of fields for grazing. So I know know Dana has been to an alpaca farm, not a goat, but like an alpaca farm near our house that I was unaware of, that that I was unaware existed until she mentioned it to me. So Dana, please tell us about your wonderful experience. Yes. So I went to an alpaca farm I think it was last Christmas. Last Christmas. Okay, I'm done. But um, yeah, it was called. I'm never trying to remember the name. I think it was like Alpaquita Ranch, something like that. But yes, I don't remember yes. where it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that one. I don't really remember where it was located. I just remember that we had to like reschedule multiple times because that place was booked. Like everyone wanted to be with the alpacas but when we finally got there it was super cute um it's kind of like a family kind of photo shoot thing but it's also just fun so they have you know lots of different alpacas um they decorate the place really nicely for christmas they have like a little cabin and stuff they also had bunnies there that was nice um but yeah then they you know they would kind of dress them up for the for christmas time you get to walk around with them um and do like little activities i think they also had like an option like they have this little cabin and you could have like a charcuterie board so that was also cute but um yeah they were pretty nice they were pretty calm too i mean at times it was kind of hard to kind of get them to walk in the same direction that you want them to but you get there eventually so um yeah i think that they are super cute very fluffy and um yeah i like alpacas i think they're very nice yeah and dana had a hands-on experience so you're not just looking with your eyes you're able to obviously politely and nicely pet them right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so similarly at this farm on the sunflower farm creamery the main attraction is not alpacas they are baby goats 
So one of the farm's owners, Hope Hall, said that she started getting into the goat business unintentionally when she got two baby goats for her daughters. A lot of kids give the, a lot of kids get hamsters or guinea pigs for their first pet or a pet fish, right? But yeah. no, she decided on two baby goats. Right. And she thought they would be great pets. And then 14 years later, aka now, they get 60 new kids because that's the term for baby goats. Oh, 60 wow. kids each year. That's crazy. 60? Sixty year, no. And there was a video, crazy. and like her, her two daughters were like running with the baby goats, and it was so cute because they run just like puppies, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. And it's very unique because the why the reason why baby goats are the main attraction is because usually, not usually, for a lot of animals, like for example, kittens, puppies, they have like a period of time when they first get released out of the mother's stomach where yeah. they they're basically cannot see cannot walk they're just basically just there right they're yeah. alive but they're not able to like run jump or whatever yeah. baby goats however after a few hours they are born they can jump run like they're ready to go that's crazy after a few hours yeah like like they're like running around so that's really cool i i thought that was something new that i learned i, I yeah. didn't know about that me neither mm-hmm so visitors can come and visit the farm. It's not a zoo, so they're free roaming. It's like not no cages, no nothing. Like like this yeah, is a farm yeah. farm. So visitors can come and visit the farm. So it's not a zoo, and they can visit the newborn goats, because because like well, like I said, they're fresh and ready to go. Like great, <laughs> they're great fresh out of the womb. Yeah, yeah, fresh out of the womb. Like like fresh <laughs> and ready, right? And Hall says that nine out of ten people who come. See that their experience was the best therapy ever. Aww, that's like imagine. Yeah, like, that's a great therapy. Yeah, yeah. And because it's a farm, they're they're a dairy farm as well, like goat cheese, goat products, stuff like stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So they also make a few other desserts at like a little cafe. They have like self serve cafe. They also have a seasonal Airbnb. So imagine oh, waking dang. up with sixty goats. Waking up with sixty goats. That's crazy. Like, it's a cute cabin. Like, there's photos of this Airbnb. Like, it's seasonal, right? But there's a yeah. listing at certain times of the year. And you could like, stay there and you can wake up with goats, which I think is super cute. Mm-hmm. And I think the coolest thing by far is the goat cam, goat camera. So yeah. that allows me to see what the animals are up to while I'm many miles away in Texas. Like, last night when I was writing this story, I was online looking at their website and I found the goat cam and there's goats sleeping, goats eating. Super cute. Aww. It's kind of like, it reminds me of, um, I don't well, our math teacher used to have like an eagle cam where you could watch like the, yes. the bald eagles. Like they had like their little baby, the little baby chicks hatch. But yeah, it's kind of giving the same vibes, but with goats, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Okay, so moving on to our next news story for Heidi and I. Well, Heidi is starting school tomorrow at the time of recording. Um, and for me, I already went through the first week of school. Um, I'm trying to relish in the more chill moments before everything gets crazy. But yeah, um, school is back in session, which means a lot of studying for exams. I already have, you know, a couple of stuff to study for. Um, so this kind of news story, um, it reminded me um, about, you know, this time of the year. So a new study has actually shown that people who play music while they're studying are more likely to have a higher GPA. So there's kind of a correlation there. So 84% of the people who played music while studying had a GPA above 3.2 compared to those who did not. And the 
people of the people that were surveyed, um, like 75% said that it helps them absorb information. And this kind of habit then gets translated to the workplace where a lot of people still listen to music um, while they work. Uh, in fact, two in three Americans listen to music while they're working because it makes them feel more productive. And overall, they just feel like more excited um, to work because you have that kind of music going on in the background. So I definitely am also one of these people. Um, I usually play like um like dark academia playlists yeah they're really cool like on youtube and they'll be like one they'll be like four hours long like they're super long so i could just leave mm-hmm. them on the background and have a little like low piano music kind of playing so it's not i'm not just working in silence you know but whenever i do things that are like like I usually do that when I have to read something, but whenever I don't have to read something, like when I'm doing a math problem, I usually play like music with words. And so I have my own kind of playlist for that. And so the survey um, actually did the top genres, the top five, or I picked the top five uh, genres that were chosen for studying. So at 31%, we have classical, which is kind of, you know, for obvious reasons, it's instrumental. You can just kind of put it on and chill. Then we have tied, actually, we have R&B and country, which are very different genres, but I think it's pretty interesting. Followed by 26% is rock, 20 and tied with oldies, and then 25% is gospel. So I think that's really interesting. But um, yeah, those are the results of the survey. So maybe um, playing some music in the background will help you uh, study a little bit better. That is so cool. I'm surprised. Oh, I don't know how old the study was, but was I know a lot recent. of people. Yeah, it was recent. Oh, I just wonder why they didn't put lo-fi. Maybe lo-fi didn't score in the top five because oh, a lot of people listen yeah, to lo-fi. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people do listen to lo-fi. I'm, I'm pro- maybe it wasn't like one of the the thing. Like it wasn't a category. Maybe they're thinking about like option. Spotify. But yeah, lo-fi is also super popular. Um, yeah. I do that sometimes. There's like the 3 a.m. lo-fi ones that I've always used. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah lo-fi is also really great. Um, and this it's also like my- infinite, so you can just keep playing it forever. Oh my god, I didn't think about that. It is infinite. Yeah, I could just keep yeah. replaying it. There, There's no set set time. Just keep going. Yeah, it's wow. like an infinite stream, I guess you could say. So yeah. it's Not saying I object great. to the study, but I think I'm in the minority. No, it's not I think. I know I'm in the minority. <laughs> you say that you listen to music because it helps you study better. When I listen to music when I'm studying, I cannot focus. Oh, really? Like, I cannot. Like, absolutely. When I study, it's like silent. Like, silence is key. I don't know why I can't focus. I think it's because, so I I play the piano. I I've done I played many instruments in my life, right? So I've even sang at one point, which is I think wild to think about now. But whenever I listen to any form of music, whether there's lyrics or classical piano, I find myself always trying to find the beat. Like I'll be tapping my oh, like, like I find the time like signature. Habits. Yeah. Like, like, I'll try oh, to find the time signature. You're trying to, you're tapping into the PTSD of the past. You're like, no. Yeah. And I'm, like, <laughs> trying to think, like, what key is this in? Like, what's the key? Like, I'm just trying to dissect music when in reality, I should not be doing that. I should be studying. Yeah. So it's just so distracting for me. So whenever people put on music, whenever, like, in a group study, I cannot focus. I'm like, sorry, y'all. Gotta go. Because I will not get any work done. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I usually just play music because I need I need like background noise. I just hate working in complete silence. I mean, I can do like if I really need to focus, I'll turn everything off because, you know, it's kind of like distracting in a way. But um, 
I I really like having I like having like some sort of no- noise because when it's like all silent it makes me feel kind of like oh like weird I don't know oh it scary. Gives me, yeah yeah flashbacks unsettling like but yeah um oh. I guess it just depends on the situation but um yeah I thought it was an interesting study so now moving on to another study in science because I love science so so much um this is a science talk segment and so this was a news like story that i found out actually through my chemistry teacher like literally on friday this friday at the time of recording um so i this was part of my um extended essay for ib so basically we were required to write a four thousand word research paper and so my topic was on toxic chemicals in beauty products because there are a lot of toxic chemicals that can cause a lot of health like problems in a lot of beauty products, like at Sephora, at the drugstore, like wherever. And so one of these, and probably arguably the worst one, is PFAS, which stands for polyfluoroalkyl substances. And so to kind of give you a very general overview, PFAS are very, 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 very bad man-made chemicals. And so the media often calls them forever chemicals because they have carbon fluorine bonds. And these bonds are so, so strong that nothing can destroy them. So like they can't be broken down in your body they can't be broken down by bacteria they can't be diluted by water if you set them on fire they're not going to go anywhere they're still going to remain intact because the bonds are so strong and the reason that the bonds are so strong is because fluorine is the most electronegative element which means that it wants to attract the most electrons to itself and carbon since it has like the ability to make a lot of bonds it's able to fulfill that need so um it's a really really strong bond and um yeah, so the, because these bonds are so strong um, and they can't break down, they can cause a lot of health problems in your body and they can kind of like stack up, I guess you could say, or like remain circulating even after hundreds of years. It's it's really crazy. So it's been kind of uh, an issue recently because these kind of um, PFAS substances have been found in water supplies. They've been found in makeup products, you know, things like that. And so consumers are obviously concerned because they have these really harmful uh, substances um, in their everyday items. So this has been a problem. The EPA is looking into it. And so scientists are really, really worried, especially like organic chemists. But at Northwestern University, which is like a really, really exciting study that was recently conducted, um, they finally found a way to get rid of them or at least break the bonds, which I think is really cool because it's been a huge problem over the past couple of years. Um, so the thing about PFAS molecules is that they're really big. Like they have chains that go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So um, at one end of the molecule, there's like a group that has oxygen atoms. So normally it's like carbon fluorine, carbon fluorine, like carbon, things like that. But they found a side with oxygen atoms. And so the solution that they found was actually super simple compared to what other scientists were doing or what they thought would work. But um, they ended up um, heating the um, PFAS substance in some substances, uh, namely sodium hydroxide and dimethyl sulfoxide, which are pretty common chemicals that a lot of uh, chemists use. And so by heating it in these liquids or these uh, chemicals, they were able to take off the oxygen group. And so they were actually able to break the bond and leave the rest behind. And so after that, it slowly starts breaking down into smaller chains. And so this solution is a lot cheaper and a lot simpler than we originally thought. And so it's kind of the first step as to how we can um, start breaking these forever chemicals or so we thought were forever chemicals and try to get them out of the water supply and out of our everyday products because they cause a lot of health problems and they can really drastically affect communities. So um, yeah, 
that's kind of my little spiel on that. But I just thought that was a really it's a really good breakthrough study because it's really important for that kind of thing to happen. I agree. And this is the type of thing where it affects a lot of people who use makeup, right? A lot yeah. of people use makeup. I knew that some makeup, most makeup had toxic chemicals. I never knew the exact chemicals that were harmful, but I knew that there was some in there. And from an outsider's perspective, this solution is very simple to understand. It's like take off one part of this component and the rest starts breaking down. So yeah. I hope they're able to execute this as smoothly as they think they would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh my gosh, that, that that's amazing. The future of makeup. Wow. Yes. I just wonder, like, what happens if you have so much PFAS in you? Well, that's when you start getting health problems. Carcinogenic. So can, right? There's like, it's not really investigated as of right now because it's like so new that there's like not a lot of data to back it up. Like I'm talking like 2015, 2016. Like it's Got new, it. new. But um, mm-hmm. there there has been linked to like various diseases. Like people have had like you know their hair fall out, different defects, things like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you accumulate this, um, it can be a problem. So I think that, well, at least what I found in my friggin' really long paper um, was that um, that a lot of, like, waterproof – it was just based on, like, a North American study. Um, mm-hmm. So they tested, like, Canada and U.S. products, but mostly U.S. Um, they found that in everything that was labeled, like, waterproof or, like, wear-resistant, things like that, they need, like, those bonds to, like, be strong so that they can stay on. And there's also oh other God. properties – but um that's why they're in there and so it has a lot of effects yeah yeah and the concentrations can vary but there's also other substances uh i mean other products that have other different substances like toxic substances like um skin lightening creams have mercury in them which is bad obviously uh Mm -hmm. different um you know uh, feminine hygiene products also have you know risk of different diseases um but this is kind of like the, the most recent and probably the most dangerous one especially since we know so little information about it so that's why this information or i guess this discovery is really important um so yeah Yeah, that that makes sense though like waterproof products because if you if you've ever put on anything waterproof on your face or whatever you know that you cannot remove that with anything water-based like yeah it takes forever you're gonna need like the the white oil yeah you need an oil-based wipe to remove that yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm so glad I'm learning about this. On to more good news. So the reason why we haven't had an episode in the past one or two months is because I've been out of town for a month. I actually went to New York City. I did a course there for school and it was really, really fun. But in New York, you should not be bringing a car with you. And if you're traveling from out of place, you do not bring a car with you. It's not worth it, right? Because New York City has tons of transportation options. And the most forgotten form, in my opinion, form of transportation in New York City is the ferry. And I think that is a very sad thing because I believe it is one of the most comfortable forms of public transportation. So in New York City, the Metropolitan Transit Authority, transportation I think it's transit, one of those, right? They have three main public transportation systems. So there's the subway, everyone knows that, the bus, and the ferry. And so for outsiders, obviously the subway is the most popular, like, like go to like New York City and subway, like it just goes hand in hand, right? Some people know the bus and 
very few outsiders know the ferry because most people that use the ferry actually live in New York. They're professionals. They, they, they have businesses that really use the ferry, right? And the ferry is cool because unlike all the other transportation systems, number one, you can get your ticket online. Like it's primarily online while in the subway and buses, they mostly use the MetroCard, although it's becoming increasingly popular to use your phone on their Omni, Omni Pass. So things are becoming more digital, but the ferry is one of the ones where most people in the lines are using their phone and you can, you could prepay tickets. So you can buy tickets a week in advance and a week worth of tickets, which I think is so cool because oh, convenience, that's, that's convenient. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can just hop out of bed and just go straight to the ferry. No need to go to the ticket booth or whatever. Number two, the space is very clean. And when you ride, there's always ferry staff on board. Dana, you've been to New York. Have you ever wrote, Have you ever ridden the subway before? The subway? Yeah, I rode it a lot. We went on like a couple days vacation there. And yeah, it was very frequent. Did you smell anything off? Did you yeah, see it off? smells like yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a common thing. It doesn't smell very nice. It smells like urine mostly. Not very safe, especially at night. But like during the day, it's kind of like, eh, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the ferry, this place is so clean. Like it's actually really clean. Like no funny smells. <laughs> nice and tidy. And number three, the views are amazing because it's a fair, you're above ground, you're on the water, you see the skyline of all the boroughs, all the islands around you, which I think is really pretty. And at night, it's even prettier. Number four, the price is the same as all the other MTA services, which is $275. So buses are $275, subways are $275, and ferries are $275, which I think is it's a great deal, right, for the service that, that you're getting. And lastly, the people are just different. You know, there's a different crowd and crowd on the ferry, and, and you'll notice that when you go in. Not saying that you feel safer, but you feel safer. You feel a bit safer. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's staff on board and the car with you, so if something goes wrong, you're not trapped in the subway car, and there's no yeah. one to contact. Right? You have to wait till your next stop. No, no. And the ferry, there's someone there, and there's always a witness going around. Yeah. So. This is not to put down the other transportation systems because I use them all. I literally, because the thing about ferries is that they only go to the ports, which is on the outer edges. So if you want to go to somewhere in more inland, you have to use the bus or the or the subway. So people just combine the two. And so when I took my classes, I often rode the ferry because yeah. my class was near the port at the tip of Manhattan. Now, the only downside was that the ferry schedule was very spaced out, right? So if you miss a ferry or the ferry hits max capacity, another ferry won't come for another hour. And For an hour? Dang. It's crazy, right? And unfortunately, it happened to me one time, so it was awful. I don't recommend that. But <laughs> other than that, I still think it's worth a try if you go to NYC. Very cool. Any thoughts before our closing quote? Ferries are fun. I think I went on one once because um, we were going like a, it was just a regular vacation, so we went on one to go see like the Statue of Liberty, you know, the roundabout mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. So yeah, so. it was cool. It was definitely very windy, so I would recommend like if you're gonna do the ferry, like stay like inside and not outside oh, yeah. because yeah, my hair was like flying everywhere because <laughs> I was in like the little roof part. But oh. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, yeah, I think they're really fun. They're like relaxing, especially if you like water. It's like. You know, you're on your little boat, you know? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we've all had our fair share of fairy experiences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So moving on to our motivational slash closing quote. So I'm going to start off with a definition 
for the quote. Okay. So self-efficacy is the belief in one's capabilities to organize and execute the courses of action required to manage prospective situations. In simple words, it's basically, do you believe that you can do this task? No matter how hard it is, do you have the, the perseverance that is needed to be successful, right? So this quote is said by Albert Bandura, and he, he said, People who have a sense of self-efficacy bounce back from failure. They approach things in terms of how to handle them rather than worrying about what they can what can go wrong. So basically your energy is directed in different places rather than worrying, worrying, worrying. It's like more like, we can do this, let's pick it up. I it's possible, just gotta take things slow, right? So if you have high self-efficacy, I think it's a great thing to have everywhere, like academically, socially. It's great, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Sorry if you hear like clashing behind me. My vacuum is kind of going around. But um, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think that, you know, having the courage to uh, stand up again and just kind of like shoot for your goals, um, even if you're worried about what could go wrong or like focusing on like the negative aspects. I think that just kind of like, I don't know, I think I combined different words there, but I think that um, kind of having the courage to get back up and keep going no matter what is a really powerful um, ability that you can have. And so it's definitely useful in a lot of ways, um, like Heidi said, um, academically, socially. Um, emotionally, any way that you want. I think it's really, mm-hmm. it's really something really, really powerful. Yeah, because it's not a skill, it's a mindset. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening to us today on our 50th episode. What? So crazy. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at FuntimesWDH for memes, updates, and more about our podcast. And so that is all for today. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.